You're listening to Friday Night Zombie for the week of April 18th, 2014. My name is The Blacksmith, and this is your weekly dose of the apocalypse. So long as this situation remains, government spokesmen warn that dead bodies will continue to be transformed into the flesh-eating ghouls. You step outside, you risk your life. You take a drink of water, you risk your life. They're after us. They know we're still in here. They're us. We're them, they're us. Man, I am beat. I mean... I have had a long day, but I mean that in a good way. I've had a really great day, actually. I've, well, the spring is finally here, at least where I'm at, and I am just loving it. I went outside on the lawn, got a nice glass of sweet tea, and read some Game of Thrones, and took a walk for like eight miles, which wasn't the best idea, because now I feel, whew. Definitely going to sleep all the night, probably right after I upload this. But anyway, like I said, it was a great day, though, so I'm feeling great um, mentally, just really tired. So sorry if I drone a bit, but just know that on the inside, I'm really excited. But anyway, I got reasonably full episode for you. I've got some news, not really a lot, kind of stretching again. It's just not a lot of zombie news going on lately, unfortunately. I hope that changes soon. Need some more zombies in the news. Well, not real. You know what I mean. Um, After that, you know, Zomptroversy, as per usual. Um, Then just reviews of The Walking Dead Episode 3 and Left 4 Dead. As promised last week, I'm actually going to go through with that. I remembered what I said I would review, and so I'm going to review it. So, without further ado, let's just get into the news. I'll interrupt to bring this to you. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Like I said, unfortunately, once again, not a lot of news for you, but got a little bit. Okay, so, most exciting, and I guess I shouldn't have said there isn't a lot of news, because the one big news item there is, is really big. The Walkers Among Us Kickstarter that I've been talking about the past couple episodes is a success. They met their goal, they passed their goal, they got like 12,000-something when they needed 10,000. So that's really exciting. The documentary is going to happen. It has its funding. We're going to see that come the end of this year. I think December is the expected release date. They're going to be filming between now and late this fall. I'm really excited about it. I'm really happy for Chris Mocked because, man, he, he put his heart and soul into getting the word out to this about this documentary and... He's been putting his heart and soul into making it, so as he does with all his documentaries. So that's very exciting. And I'm, Chris, if you're listening to this, I'm really happy for you. Um, other than that, just got a couple things that aren't really new this week, but kind of predate the beginning of this podcast by a wee bit. So I figure I'll do a little bit of catch-up since there's nothing else going on. One is that James Gunn is directing the Guardians of the Galaxy movie for Marvel. Now, this takes a bit of explaining, I guess. 
it's significant to zombie fans because James Gunn wrote the script of the Dawn of the Dead remake, which, as I think I previously stated, is one of my favorite zombie movies. Um, he he wrote it in such a way that it was an entirely different thing altogether than the original, and I think that's good because you can't imitate Romero and expect it to be better. Looking at you, 1990, Night of the Living Dead. But he went in a totally different direction. The only similar thing was The Mall, and it worked beautifully. I love that movie. So James Gunn directing Guardians of the Galaxy, which is something I was really excited about even before finding out that he was the writer on Dawn of the Dead, but now even more psyched about. Also, in a bit of catch-up, is the fact that The Walking Dead is 10 years old. Yeah, that's that's kind of a big year, a, uh, a big deal. Now, of course, I am talking about the comics. The show is not even close to 10 years old, but the comics are. And to celebrate that, if you go on YouTube, you can find a 10th anniversary video that's a sort of mini-documentary about the past 10 years of The Walking Dead. And it's a really nice little piece. It has, you know, Robert Kirkman and Charlie Adler, and it's just, it's a really nice little documentary for fans of The Walking Dead. And, of course, all the issues lately have been printed with, you know, 10th anniversary on them, so there's definitely some stuff going on to celebrate it. Hopefully there will be more stuff, like for the Firefly anniversary, we got a really cool, you know, book. I'm really hoping there's going to be some really cool thing that comes out as part of the Walking Dead 10th anniversary. But we'll see. And that's about it for news. As I said, still not a lot of zombie news out there, and it's kind of declining each week. But eh, maybe soon somebody will get their brain eaten or something, and I'll have something to talk about. In the meantime, though... Let's talk about some Zomtroversy. You're not running a talk show here, Mr. Berman. You can forget pitching an audience the moral bullshit they want to hear. You're talking about... Lori Grimes. Now, this is a Zomtroversy that will only really apply to you if you've either read The Walking Dead, comic book series, or watched the TV show. If you've done either or both of those, then you probably have a pretty good idea of where I'm going with this. Lori... I would say she's a controversial character, except that would require there to be really two sides to the issue, when in actuality it's more she's universally despised by the fans. Now, I'm not going to debate that. I can't stand her either. I'm going to debate the reason she's despised. Personally, I can't stand her. I'll just get my own opinion out of the way. I can't stand her because I find her incredibly annoying, I think. She's unfair to Rick on a lot of occasions, and to be fair on the show, he's unfair to her too sometimes, but overall, she's just completely unfair to him, unfair to Shane before he goes crazy, and just generally, there's a lot of decisions she makes that I disagree with. But what I have a problem with, and what this controversy is going to be about, is the implication that she's unfaithful, that she can't decide who to be with. You know, there's this kind of, and even the characters on the show imply that, oh, she's got a boyfriend on the side, you know, she gets a husband and the boyfriend. And that's never been the case. I mean, let's look at the facts, all right? And uh, I'll talk a little bit about the show and the comic. But both have in common that she thought Rick was dead. Shane told her Rick was dead. Shane told a bit of a mis... Uh, an untruth. He thought Rick was dead, but he didn't know. 
But the point is, Lori, that's not on Lori. She thought Rick was dead. Now, you can debate whether or not it's weird that she went to another guy so quickly. I've never been in a zombie apocalypse, and different people react different ways. They need human contact in different ways, and she needed that, apparently. But I'm not even going to debate whether or not that was right or wrong for her and, you know, for her as a mother thinking of her son in this situation. Regardless, she thought her husband was dead. So whether it's weird or not, it's not cheating by any stretch of the imagination. So that example's out. Moving on to the next example that's usually given, when Rick comes back and there's all the sort of drama where she's not telling Rick what happened between her and Shane. This was probably a mistake on her part, although I think it's easy to see why neither she nor Shane told Rick what happened. However, not informing him of what happened is not the same as carrying on with those activities behind his back, which never happened. Um, in fact, every time Shane tries to make a move on her, you know, Lord, we need to get back together, I'm meant to be with you... Uh, you know, all that stuff, especially on the show where he was around for a longer time, she continually tells him to back off, even scratching his face when he tries to force her into something, basically almost rapes her. She never cheated on anyone. You know, obviously, as soon as Rick back, Rick, as soon as Rick was back, she left Shane because she found out her husband was still alive. That's not cheating on Shane. And she made it very clear that she wasn't interested in him. So, and the, the example a lot of people give as well, she told him that he could stay in the one episode after he rescues Carl. Well, A, he just saved her son's life. And she didn't know about the whole Otis thing at this point. And this is at the, on the show, I should mention, not the comics. And And B... She didn't say, oh, you saved my son. Well, we can still, you know, go out in the woods when Rick's not around. No, she just said he could be a part of the camp. Huge difference. She just basically told him that she didn't want him to go off into the wilderness on his own. Her intentions and everything she does get so misconstrued in this particular area. And I think it's all down to the fact that she is a very unlikable character... And so it's easy to say, oh yeah, Lori, she's completely unfaithful. It's easy to say that because we hate her. But I don't think it's fair to the character. So I gotta say, whatever else Lori Grimes is, she was a faithful wife. And that's my take on it. On to the reviews. Purple Rain. No. Son of the Tone. Definitely not. The Batman soundtrack. Sorry. Tell It to the Frogs is the third episode of The Walking Dead, directed by Gwyneth Horder Payton. This episode starts to kind of conversely move the story forward again, but also in a way slows it down to do even more in-depth character development. Um, it moves the story forward in that it finally gets Rick out of Atlanta and into the camp, and then back to Atlanta again at the, towards the end, so there's a lot of traveling going on, but the, the the story itself isn't in the foreground as much as character development once again. Um, this is a very character-heavy episode. This is the one where, in my opinion, the most memorable moment 
in fact, probably the most memorable moment for me in season one, is where Rick is reunited with Laurie and Carl. It's a scene that's beautifully shot with a soundtrack that's definitely meant to be a tearjerker, and it, it gets me every time. It really does. Um, which I never expected going into a zombie series that I have been trying to hold back tears, but that scene, man, it gets me. So this episode, as I said, is this is the one where, logically, where they left Atlanta last time. This episode starts with them reaching the camp. And that's where most of this episode takes place. There's a lot of arguing, a lot of reconciling, a lot of just kind of the characters catching up with each other and letting the audience take a breath, which in some ways does feel a little slow. At this point, the season is kind of starting to drag because we're three episodes in and we're already doing the, you know, the inevitable slow down and catch up episode. But there's still enough here going on. And I'm going to say this quite a few times about these episodes. There's enough going on that it's still entertaining. And that, that's always the thing with The Walking Dead, is there's no point where I've ever cons- ever felt like, well, do I really want to keep watching this? No, it's it's always got enough going on that I still feel entertained. But this is one case where I wasn't on the edge of my seat for most of the episode. Except the scene with Ed. The scene where Laurie has basically told off Shane and not let him explain anything. And you do feel a little bit sorry for Shane here, even though... We all know what happens to Shane later. At this point, he's somewhat sympathetic. But she's basically destroyed his world, you know, on top of Rick coming back and taking away everything he thought was his new family. Now Lori's basically said, you cannot speak to me or my son, you know. Everything you cared about is gone. So, and then Ed becomes the perfect punching bag for him to take out all that frustration on. And it's a scene that is both enjoyable and uncomfortable to watch, and I think that's brilliant, that they managed to take this scene where you're at once rooting for Shane to pound the crap out of this guy because he's a total monster, and he deserves it, obviously, and he really needs to be taught that lesson so that he'll stop what he's doing to his wife and daughter. But on the other hand, you know why Shane's doing it. It's not about Carol. It's not about Sophia. Shane is doing it because of his pent-up anger over what's happening with Rick coming back. And I think that is one of the best scenes in the season. So this this episode has two of my favorite scenes in probably the whole series. So I, I definitely enjoy this one, even though at parts it does start to drag a bit. This is also the episode where we really see the kind of man Rick is, and I really like that. He We've seen Rick in his most desperate, when he's confused and lost and doesn't know how to operate in this world and trying just to survive and desperately hoping his wife and child are alive. You know, he's on at the end of his rope. We've seen that Rick. Now we've seen a more calm, collected Rick who has found his family. They're safe. He's found his best friend or who he thinks is still his best friend. He's found other survivors. Things have calmed down and now we see the kind of man Rick really is, and that's the kind of man who will put everything on the line to do the right thing, even if that includes his family, which is kind of a personal contradiction in some ways. He's the, he's 
so determined to find his wife and child that he even tells, puts a gun to Merle's head and says, all he is is a man looking for his wife and son, and anyone who gets in the way of that's going to lose. Now he's found his wife and son, and he's basically saying, "I'm uh, well, you know, yeah, I found you, but I can't live with myself if I let Merle die, so I'm going to risk your lives to go save him. He sort of flip-flops, and Shane calls him out on it. Lori calls him out on it. And they're right. Um, they both make good points, Rick and Shane and Lori. Obviously, Rick is doing something a little selfish to ease his own conscience, but on the other hand, there is a lot at stake with Atlanta. You know, there's Dwayne's life, Morgan's life, Merle's life, potentially all their lives if they don't get those guns. There's a lot to be gained from going to Atlanta. So, and even Shane, you can tell, and Lori, start, they both start to recognize that there is a reason to go, even if they still don't think it's the best idea. And I'm kind of rambling on about all these little minor plot points to say this is a very well-written episode. Um, there's parts in it that I don't think were perfectly acted, but there are parts that I also think were very well acted, like the two great scenes I mentioned a couple times. But as far as the writing, this episode just accomplishes a lot if you really dig in deep to the character development here. So, all things considered... I'm going to give Tell It to the Frogs eight and a half boomsticks out of ten. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. And next up, as promised, Left for Dead. Probably my second favorite zombie video game of all time. Although, I have been playing the Telltale Walking Dead games lately. Yeah, the first season of the Walking Dead game lately, and that, that might be a new favorite, but more on that later. But for now, as far as ones I've already finished, Left 4 Dead is probably the second favorite. Dead Rising, as I said, I love that game to pieces. But I do also love Left 4 Dead, which I'm not sure why that came out in a strange sort of southern accent, but whatever. It's basically a really cool sort of arcade shooter in the zombie genre. Fast zombies, tons of fast zombies and Special Infected, which I've never been a fan of. I've always thought the game would be better without all the smokers and the hoodie guys and the, the witches and the tanks and the boomers. and They just get annoying to me after a while, especially the tanks. The witches are kind of fun because I like that challenge of can you get your shotgun up close enough and aim it right at her head before she can stand up and take her out in one hit, which of course I always try, and then most of the time she just gets me, but whatever. Um, but overall, I think it would have been a better game if it was just the infected, because it's just endless entertainment blowing away hordes and hordes of fast zombies running at you. If it was just that, it would feel like the Dawn of the Dead remake, the game, and that's not a bad thing. But regardless, it is still a great game. I love the fact that the pistols are unlimited ammo and that you can get a second pistol if you happen to come across it. Uh, that's what I end up using most of the time, and then just save my other weapon for Special Infected. The other weapons are all okay. The, the shotgun's nice for crowds. The rifle is kind of pointless, because it is kind of like an arcade shooter, as far as the whole game is just moving from room to room shooting zombies. That's it. <laughs> There's no real story to speak of, except that you're trying to escape the zombies. But, so, you can't really camp. You can't really pick anybody off in most cases, so the rifle is kind of useless. 
The machine gun's okay, but it doesn't do that much damage. It's all right against the tank, but I still prefer the auto shotgun, just, you know, pounding away that guy with as many shells as possible. Um, and then just switching back to pistols when you run out instead of reloading usually works on the tank. Of course, I play it on easy. Just full confession. I love the feeling of blowing away zombies in one hit. Sue me. But anyway, it's a fun game. I've never played the DLC. I know there's the Sacrifice DLC, and I've never played the sequel. But just the, the standalone game as it is, and the, the lighthouse, you know, survival mode or whatever, it's a really fun time. I've played it for years. I still pick it up now and then and have a blast with it. It's fun to play with friends. You all start to kind of get freaked out together, you know. They start busting through the wall, and you get all worked up, and... It's just a really fun game. It's not anything that's gonna that would have probably had any chance of winning game of the year, but it's it has a lot of long lasting appeal, even if it's not one that you'll play for twenty hours in one sitting. So all things considered, I'll give Left for Dead eight and a half out of ten boomsticks. Well, hello, Mister Fancy Pants. Well, that'll about do it for this week. Um. It's not the longest show. It seems to be getting shorter and shorter, and I apologize for that. To some degree, it's this darn news. There's, there isn't any. And this week, like I said, it's been a long day, and I just, I had an idea for a third review, decided not to do it. I apologize. I'll make up for it next week. Next week's gonna be a pretty. I'm, I'm gonna make sure next week's a pretty cool show. Whatever I have to do, to make it that, I'll, I'll figure something out. Something as a surprise, something pretty cool. Maybe more than one thing, we'll see. Maybe more reviews and some other stuff too. I've got a couple ideas. But in the meantime, if you have any ideas or feedback, voicemail, Zomtiversy ideas, Zomtiversy feedback, your own short stories, yada 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 yada, anything but pictures of your own junk, don't send that. Anything else, FridayNightZombie at gmail.com. Again, that's FridayNightZombie at gmail.com. And like I said, anything voicemail, uh, preferably an mp3, but hey, if you like other formats, that's okay, it's a free country. And The Walkers Among Us, the uh, Kickstarter's over, you can't donate anymore to it, but definitely keep up on the progress of that, look into, you know, getting a copy. The DVDs are gone, that was just a Kickstarter exclusive, but I think there'll be a way to download it. I don't know, I'd have to ask Chris. Um, I hope there's a way for other people to access it, you have to buy it later, but we'll see. But if you were one of the Kickstarter people, then definitely follow up with it to, you know, see the fruits of your donation. And that's going to be a really exciting project. Like I said, really happy for that team. Really looking forward to it. And rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes if you liked it, or if you hated it, rate and review it, or rant and review it, I guess. Well, no, rate and then rant instead of review. Never mind, you get the point. Um, say what you thought, and if you liked it, subscribe. That was a really poorly structured couple of sen sentences, which is a word I can't say either. I'm going to have to go ahead and stop this thing before I mess anything else up and go to bed. After I upload it, of course. So, until next week, this was Friday Night Zombie. I'm the Blacksmith, and remember... Old Greg is not your friend. <laughs>